Good afternoon. Welcome, everybody. Here we are at Around the Town. Uh, got an incredible guest today. Some of y'all may have seen him before. Uh, maybe not. Uh, if you haven't, then I'm really going to question your eating habits in Columbia, South Carolina. But we have Bobby Williams with us today um, as our guest, uh, one of the owners of our famous Lizard's Thicket here in Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, Bobby, we got a little celebration this year, don't we? We have 45 years. It's just uh, we don't know what happened, how, how it moved so fast. But uh, 45 years in business and where we started and where we are now. And now we're just getting started with, you know, another group of family members that want to grow it even more. So, uh, well, maybe you need to give uh, let's start off as we, we talk about 45 years. It'd be great. Maybe if you start off. Talk about how y'all started, how how all the family's been involved, and how the next generation's uh, filtering in and starting to take over. Well, this, you know, um, I tell people all the time, the restaurant industry is one of the few industries where you can get started on a shoestring, which we did. My father borrowed $15,000. He had an idea. He had my mother, and she was a great cook, and he was a great front man. And for $15,000, he started his first restaurant on Broad River Road, 4545 Broad River. And we had no credit. We went to Bilo, we went to Harris Teeter, we bought our food. I mean, each one of us kids came to work, we had to stop at a grocery store and buy some certain items that we needed. We had no credit. So when we started, we served a meet and three for 295 and uh, it just started doing well. I mean, it's, you know, it took some time and, uh, Next thing you know, my brother Mark and I, I'll never forget this. We were on a Sunday night working, and um, we had a line out the door. It was a small restaurant. She, it set 68 people. And we had a line out the door, and, and the TV said that a hurricane, a tornado had just landed at Piney Grove Road at Broad River Road, two blocks from us. And we had a line out the door, and I said, man, we've got something going here. So we did, and we took in $1,100 that day. I'll never forget it, calling my father and saying, we, we just were beside ourselves that we took in $1,100. And you didn't run out of food. We did not run out of food. No, no, no. So, you know, we worked seven days a week. You know, the people that in the neighborhood where Barb and I moved in Whitehall, they and family members knew how hard we worked. We worked seven days a week. My father was a tough taskmaster. You know, he believed that you work seven days a week. When you're not at work, you're spending money. So be at work and making money. And so... We worked and, you know, we probably went 10 years like that, never going to a football game, ne never taking time off for anything. But uh, finally, we, we figured out that he wanted a Williams on the cash register at all times. And we just knew if we were going to grow, that was not going to work. So we decided to start hiring cashiers. And so um, we did, and you know, the rest is history. We opened another one, and more and more. We were up to 15 at one time. And COVID, and we've closed a few over the years. COVID changed everything for the restaurant industry. You know, here we were we were very fortunate. Uh, we closed two locations because we needed the personnel. Our, our drive-through restaurants were so busy, and everybody was a lot of the employees didn't want to come back to work. A lot were scared, didn't know what to expect with with the with COVID, with the pandemic, and so uh, we sold our Beltline location, and it's going. to it's going to be a, a Hispanic restaurant in the near future. And then we did not own our airport location. So that's going to be a service station like 
so many other pieces of property at Columbia right now. I think I rode out there the other day, and it's a Murphy USA or something. You know, they're talking about electric cars, but every corner is a a filling station now, and they're building more. I heard that Parker's was coming next. So uh, I I heard um, uh, Bucky's is looking at some stuff. Royal Farms, uh, more QTs, you name it. I, I had the same reaction. I was laughing about back here by you know electric cars. Well, they're probably going to come at a certain point, but not anytime soon. As many gas stations because they're not wiring those things for charging None of them, stations. That's right. Now Bucky's is, I, I, you know, they have about thirty, but they have one hundred and twenty gas pumps too. So anyway, it's crazy. Um, but um, so y'all y'all started off so. Started off on Broad River Road. Right. Then where, where'd y'all go? Airport. Airport was the next. next. Then the next one we opened. How one. did y'all pick those areas? Well, uh, actually, there was a restaurant there that Mr. Poole operated and his wife operated it. And he, she was sick. And it was he kept it clean, ready to go. And Jeff Hunt, who owned the big machinery, Caterpillar Machinery here back in the day, he ate with us, and he said, I've got a friend that's got a restaurant. You can have it, and they gave it to us. Pay the rent. You can have the dishes, equipment, everything. And we went from day one, we went to airport location, and then that was our busiest location. First day, it did more business than the Broad River store ever did. Wow. So then from there, we went to Two Notch Road by Columbia Mall. And it was a success, and then we bought the old – Shoney's on Beltline, that was number four, and then one after another. We had a one, you know, we opened one in Irmo. We had a truck stop, uh, 26. I didn't know that. Yes, that was longest couple years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, No it, glory days there? No, the truck stop. No, Barb and I used to work there, and it was absolutely, uh, it was different. I'll just say when did y'all get into this? So you started building stores, family members started coming in. When did y'all kind of pick up, say, all right, we got enough stores, let's focus on catering and other things? Well. Uh, that just evolved from that did That did evolve. People were calling us and, and wanting us to do catering. And then, uh, then my brother Jimmy at the airport location, we had a lot of room out there and, and a big kitchen. So he started doing the catering for a long time. And so now we, my son Robert has kind of taken that over now. And we just kind of pick and choose what we want to do when it comes to the catering. We've got some great caterers here in Columbia. But we people want our food. We'll, we'll do that. But we right. don't want to do you know really wedding receptions or things like that. We, we would rather do a meet and three or do a we do a lot of breakfasts. So. I did a couple of those. I'll never I would never uh, do that again. It takes a special skill set. It does. It's nerve wracking to do that. And nothing's ever on time. And when you're trying to time food and everything else, you you got to have some control with that. Yeah. So we we we. We've grown. We've closed a few. Now, at one time, y'all ventured out of the city, didn't you? We we did uh, a deal with uh, a couple of people in the upstate, and we did one in Greenville and in Hendersonville. Didn't know that. And uh, it did not work. It did not. They they operated them. I went up there and worked with them, but they did not want to operate the way we operated, and they closed. And so we've opened one in Florida. We had one in Orangeburg years ago. It did fairly well, but we had some other problems down there, yeah. and um, and then we have one in Florence, South Carolina, and it does well. But um, you know, Columbia has been so good to us. I mean, it, it's embarrassing to say every time we open a restaurant, we're busy. 
no matter where we open one here, people know what to expect, and we've been able to deliver, and it, it's worked out really well for us. Well, so. it's become a tradition for people. Well, people who come in town for football games, I know they go there and eat breakfast and lunch. If it's a night game, you got other people who, you know, they're only going to get your chicken tenders to take here and there. Um, as a matter of fact, we had it uh, Saturday. Uh, I think they're the best, one of the they, best. They're terrific, in town. you know, and we, and we don't do a good job marketing them, but we, we should. Um, they they really are terrific. I mean, we get Barbara and I get invited to a lot of social events, and they say, "Could you bring chicken strips for like two hundred people?" So, I mean, we can. So well, I hope they no, at least serve you some good wine. <laughs> they have. I'm uh, not complaining. So as y'all are growing now, the kids are all coming from all different sides, right? But you got y'all branched out a little bit too. You got some of your kids that are involved in some other ventures. Uh, we've got, I mean, the Williams family is evolving into a little restaurant uh, mafia here. Well, you know, it, it seems that way. way. You know, I have my brother Jimmy has two sons. I have two sons. I have three sons, but two are working with us. I have a niece working with us and another nephew working with Lizard Thicket. My, my brother Jimmy's son, James, who is, uh, he's with Taco Sushi and Carolina L House, and they're growing. And now his younger brother just bought Crave. And so uh, it's, it's, you know, if you know Crave, they do terrific. It's a, people love Crave, I'm going to tell you. It's, it's, we had Barb and I had lunch there yesterday. It's a, it's a terrific. I saw Lewis up there working. I went to pick up some uh, takeout and uh, he had about two seconds to say hello. He was hustling. But you know, that's a good thing, you know? Yeah. So he's able to get in, you know, on a small location and, and, you know, earn a trust of the community, which I think he has. That's always tough when you take over from somebody. I think it was John that operated that place, did a great job. People loved him, and but Lewis has fit right in, so he, he's done a good job keeping it going. And then you got your son-in-law over there, our acclaimed uh, chef over there at Tara. Right, the Tara, and my daughter. So uh, Yeah. Uh, I out. saw them walking the other day. We were knocking on doors during the election time, and I ran into them walking their dog, taking yeah. a little break before he went in to start prepping. Yeah. He does. A, he does a great job. He's got a great business, and you know this area has just been terrific for the restaurant industry. I mean, I think everybody's busy right now. And I think you know the opportunity for us to continue to attract and grow restaurants. I've always told people. I said, you know, one of the things that always amazed me about Columbia is how well people support local businesses and have, and they and it's what attracted me to stay here. I mean, uh, I had Christian Nini on the show and he and I were laughing cause you know, we all started at the same time. Mm-hmm. You had Ricky and all of us were kind of getting our feet wet back in the day, trial and error and doing things, but people supported restaurants yeah. and they have, I noticed that during the pandemic, too. People really tried. Now you had some people who were just completely scared and just were afraid of the unknown of COVID. I swear, we we, we ate out about every meal trying yeah. to support restaurants. Yeah. Um, but I saw that everywhere. Uh, I really saw it. Now the labor pool, as you talked about, really played into it, and I think that's where people got hurt. They just right. they couldn't they couldn't have the hours they needed. Right. And I think a lot of people aged out of our the restaurant community. And they wanted to start a family, didn't want to work nights anymore. And I just think it was a, a perfect storm. The, the pandemic came and a lot of people aged out. And, and they went into other fields now. 
But, you know, before we talk anymore about family restaurant, you know, my grandmother started a restaurant here in the 1940s. It's still operating. It's the oldest operating restaurant in South Carolina, Villa Tronco on Blanding Street. The oldest operating restaurant in South Carolina. In South Carolina. They have been there since 1940. Wow. So, I mean, it's pretty incredible. And you must know Carmela and Jeff. Oh, I do. I mean, but I didn't know it was the oldest restaurant in the state. In the state. Continuing restaurant. That's amazing. So Yeah, we've gone over there for some of the Broadway show stuff that we do and and some other things. Get in. It's terrific. Uh, But, uh, But anyway, my grandmother... So my mother's mother, that's that's where we all got our restaurant. That's where it uh, all stemmed from. That's from for my grandmother, and and, uh, and they're still operating there. It's you know it's it's and they're doing a great job. So it's, well, I think the the revival of Main Street, the added bodies, really helped helped. And you know, I laugh all the time. People in the restaurant business are funny. I remember when I first opened up, and Angelo was across the street from me, and he didn't yeah. talk to me for a year. Right. Right. Because he was mad at me for opening a restaurant. And then yeah. he came over one night with a bottle of wine, sat it down on the table and said, oh, you apology. He goes, my business is better than ever. Yeah. Because he realized people want to be around other restaurants. They want choices. And it brings more people to an area. Helps you grow. You know, I think that's the great part about these young restaurateurs. Christian, my son-in-law, Mike, uh, Ricky, is that um, they want competition. They want good restaurants to open. It makes them get better. My father taught us, let's beat them. Let's close them. Mob Vittles, that's our competition. Let's beat Mob Vittles. <laughs> Until they close, to poor folks close, we'll do everything better. We got to beat them, put them all out of business. And, of course, we did. But that's really not, that's not the way these young people see it. They want better competition. Rising tides float all boats. And so Christian's been great about that. I mean, they're all, they have a great network here in Columbia. And our restaurants here are getting much better. You I know? think so. And it's attracting more people. And which we've got creates- two James Beard uh, nominees. I mean, good gracious. Only ones in the state. Yeah. Which pretty is am- pretty amazing. Which, which shows us where we're headed and yeah. where, where we came from and where we're headed now. And, you know, we, we sometimes walk down and talk about all the old restaurants that closed and, and what's still open. But, you know, it's been amazing. Uh, but a- as a pandemic, so what are y'all doing to attract employees today? I mean, what do y'all have to do? Because it's not like it used to be. You'd have a stack of applicants and people waiting for a job. And today, every time I run into somebody, they're like, yeah, we're still looking for people or we're we're having yeah. to pay X amount, but that didn't guarantee that they come to work. Well, we're, we're paying more. I think we're all more sensitive to their needs. Uh, they're more sensitive to their time off. We offer daily pay. You work a day, you can get paid. I mean, there's a lot of people. In our industry, we, we uh, hire a lot of people that are on a second chance or a third mm-hmm. chance. And, you know, their life is not in order, so daily pay means a lot to them. So that's one thing that we've done we we've offered of course we have to offer insurance which is is terrific it's the right thing to do but we've got to pay them more we've got to treat them better and and uh, treat them like you want to be treated and i think the industry got away from that i think the fast food really abused uh some of the younger people not abused them but worked them long hours and paid them low pay and now it's it's one of the professions where you can go into and become you know Come wealthy. I mean, you can open your own restaurant if, if you make the right decisions. So uh, 
We just got to treat people better and pay them better. And of course, you know, it's easy for people to say, well, just pay them more. Well, you got to raise your price. We still got to make a profit. But, um, you know, we've had two price increases this year. We hate it. I mean, nothing worse for us is doing a price increase because we know we have a lot of customers that are on fixed income. And if they don't get out, like if you go in our restaurants in the morning early, average age in there is probably in the 80s. But if they don't get out for that morning, they don't get out. And we, and we want them to come out. And the waitresses, the wait staff, if they don't show, they call them. They check on them. So to, to us, it's a, it's a lot more than serving food. We, we, we feel like we, we serve the community in many different ways. We do a lot of wellness checks. We deliver food to people that are, are shut-ins. I mean, but, you know, all we ever wanted to be, we were born here. We were raised in Birmingham, Alabama to be part of the community you know what I mean we when we moved back here we really didn't feel like we were part of the community because we spent so much time in Birmingham but thank goodness now we feel like we're part of the community we want to be part of this effort to raise the community up so well I think y'all have the reputation of that there's no doubt about there's not uh, a family in this industry that I know of who has given back more to Columbia than the Williams family and we've seen that from uh, I, I can remember when a hurricane came through and y'all were out serving meals to the first responders. Anytime something happened, always the first phone call, what can we do? How can we be part of it? What do y'all need? Um, I, I don't think any would, people would argue that. And, you know, and, and now you look at your, your kids and your nephews and nieces and everybody else that are gravitating into a business that it for everybody. I mean, right. look, the restaurant business, you have to be able to juggle 22 different jobs at one time because you never know when you're going to work if you're going to be the dishwasher, the bales bondsman, or the banker. I mean, it's going to happen. Right, right. But And, and for kids to understand that, and today it's hard. But when you look around the satisfaction, for me it was always about the people. I could get over all the headaches, bailing people out of jail, paying for cremations, you know, doing things for my employees that nobody else would do. But you go to work and you you have different people. You see the people. I, I was at Elmwood the other day for breakfast, and you know, I watch those waitresses. They know every. They they don't even have to ask anybody what their order is right, anymore right. because they they they've gotten to know everybody. But it's part of people's day, and and it makes them. And I think that's that comes from. In the restaurant business, that comes from the top down. A lot of places you build a business from the bottom up, but in the restaurant business from the top down because if you don't have that nurturing attitude, you don't have that ability to deal with people. In, and let's face it, we deal with people in the best situation and in the worst. Right, right. And today it's even harder because somebody who had a bad experience who doesn't tell you gets on, the, on Google or whatever. It's... And put something on there, and you're like, wait a minute, that's not even possible that that happened. You know, they take everything they learn. Um, I learn a lot from the restaurant business. I tell people at the city hall all the time, every time somebody has a complaint, you ought to treat it as a compliment. Because if they didn't care, they wouldn't call you. They just go put it on the Internet, and there's nothing you can do once you do it on the Internet. Yeah. Well, they put everything on the Internet now first before they even make a phone call trying to take care. If If there is a problem... In my family, when we have a family get to Easter Sunday, if we're all together and we get a complaint in, I will tell you this, it wrecks our whole family. I mean, we're all scrambling to find out why we had a complaint. You know, is it legit? A lot of complaints aren't. But now it, it makes no difference. 
So, you know, we don't read our good reviews on the Internet, and we certainly don't read the bad ones either because we have seen all kind of god-awful things. So uh, it, it's a different world out there now. But you know what? Treat everybody nice. That's the bottom line. Treat everybody nice, and it'll get you a long way. So, you know, the mystery is always what is the best seller at Lizard's Thicket? Well, of course, they're in the South. Fried chicken is number one by a long shot. Fried flounder. We saw a tremendous amount of flounder. Mac and cheese, mashed potatoes. I'm a fan of the squash casserole. Squash casserole is a... Uh, and I'm and really going to flip you out when I tell you my second go-to. Pickled beets. No, cabbage. Cabbage, really. I love cabbage, too. I don't know what it is, but I don't like cabbage in a lot of places. But there I get, I get, I get butter, beans, cabbage... I count mac and cheese as a vegetable. It is. And the squash casserole. Yeah, we got that. That's only been on the menu for about 15 years. And I will tell you, I think it's the best in town. It's It's always consistent, fabulous. It's one of my favorite things. I go back and forth. I I like the tenders. I do like the chicken, uh, fried chicken. But also, you know, I, I can take a little smothered and covered and some yeah, other things. I like I, uh, country fried steak okay. is, my, is my go-to. It's, or meatloaf. The meatloaf, yep. yeah. Yeah, so anyway, but, um, you know, it's comfort food. That's what we grew up on. Even though my mother was Italian. Which you know. I always laugh, you know, because you brought it up. You know, you bring Villa Tronco and everything in traditional Italian food, and here y'all are selling, you know, well, southern southern cooking as, as southern as it gets. But my father was a country boy, and this is something you can sell seven days a week. With the barbecue and with Italian food, it's not so much Monday and Tuesday, you know what I mean? But yeah. But what we do, he figured out. I mean, he figured out what to do. What What was his inspiration for for well, the style of the restaurant? Well, Something sparked him. Well, there was this a long time ago in Birmingham. In Birmingham, there were some Greek restaurants that served uh, American lunches, and that was the meat and three. And the Greeks kept the meat and three in business. Yeah. So uh, we don't have so many Greek restaurants here anymore. They've all become professionals. Yeah. You know, but. Uh, and Birmingham is a huge Greek population, and they so there was a, some famous ones there, and that's what he re- remembered. And then we had an Italian restaurant there that closed after after ten years, but we had an American lunch there, so he really took it from that. And just you know, more of the moms were going to work mm-hmm. in the late seventies, and he figured they didn't want to cook when they came home, which was which was right, and so. He, well, I think that's today for, probably more than ever. You got more dual income families, I absolutely. think, today than we've ever seen. Our competition today is the grocery store. You go in the grocery store now, you see how many prepared foods they have now. I saw people eating at a grocery store the other day. They have tables and chairs now. I mean, uh, but that's But our, you know, I, I give them credit because before they used to just throw all that produce away. Now they cook it. They and cook sell it. it. They do a tremendous business. I mean, they, yeah. they do a great job. So. Uh, and that slowly come back. That died out during COVID. That was interesting to watch. But what a phenomenon. I mean, I'll be honest. I, the, um, the old Piggly Wiggly on Beltline is closed. It's been closed now for five or six years. But they used to have a great little cafe right. in there. They had a lady in there that made some mean fried pork chops. Right. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, when we started, my mother cooked. We had uh, Miss Frances Brown, who was an incredible woman, but uh, African-American. 
that she drove a taxi and then she worked for us and she was incredible but she could cook and uh, of course cooks don't get along you know she and my mother was like oil and water water. so uh, one day Miss Francis came to my daddy and said it's either me or her one of us has got to go though he he, he had a at home wife and a work wife (laughs) and so my father looked at me and says how I'm going to tell your mother she's got to (laughs) go that's how good Miss Francis was but Anyway, they worked it out. We opened another location, and there was peace. But my mother was a terrific cook, and, uh, and Miss Frances, she stayed with us for about twenty years until wow. she passed away. So, well, you have a lot. If I remember, it, I don't know if it was in the store or in your office where I saw. Uh, it might have been over at Market, at your office where you had all those uh, plaque or something with all the long-term employees. Right. I mean, you had yeah. a lot of veterans for yeah, a long we, time. We still do. Still have some forty-year veterans. It's amazing. And they're still in there working. I mean, it's it's awesome. So it's in their blood. But they're like me. They're a, little, a lot slower than we were. Yeah, that's all right. As long as it's still good. <laughs> still, yeah. Doesn't matter. Patients are okay today. So when, I mean, you've been suppliers, this and that. You know, somebody was. Uh, I don't know if it was here at the show or somebody, but somebody was like, "Does anybody know how much chicken?" Lizard's Thicket sells on a weekly basis. And I put it down in my memory bank to ask you. Oh, well, I know we're we're over 600,000 pounds a year now. I thought it was more than that, 600,000 pounds a year. I've got some yearly numbers, you know. We, I mean, it's still about 55,000 pounds a month. It's a, we, we do a good bit. And we still buy fresh chicken. You know what I mean? We don't buy cut pieces. We buy you buy wogs, huh? Yeah. Well, no. We buy breasts and legs and thighs okay. cut, and then we buy split um, for, for baked chicken. chicken. But baked chicken is very popular too. So, but you know, we we do over a million eggs. We buy a couple hundred thousand pounds of flour from Adlu, cornmeal from Adlu. We, uh, my father, when he started, wanted to buy everything local. So we still we started with PYA when we got credit. Of course, it's Cisco's now. Yeah, but they're you know they're based here with a huge uh, warehouse. But our our chicken man, we finally outgrew him. But our meat man, we still use the same meat people that they cut our fresh meat for us every day. And so we are proud to buy everything we can, South Carolina product or a local product. So um and so when when you you know all these farm to table restaurants, we've been doing that for forty years. You know what I mean? They just made it cool. But we're, I know we're Adler's largest customer that they have. So we buy our meat, milk from Hickory Hill in um, Edge, Edgefield. Yeah. Have you tried that milk? Oh, yeah. It's the best milk in the world, let my, me tell you. My favorite milk of all time was from Sandy Run Dairy. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I lived in the country there for about a year. Uh, I rented a log cabin down there, and I'd commute back into town, and they had a little country store there. Sandy Run, and I go in there, and they always had Sandy Run milk, really? country clear water, uh-huh. and uh, they had ice cream from the dairy. And uh, I mean, I I can't drink regular milk anymore. Yeah, well, you can drink. Believe me, this this Hickory Hill, it's out of this world. Their chocolate milk is just the best thing you've ever tasted in your life. So they sell it at Lowe's, maybe a couple uh-huh. places around town. But if you get a chance, you can put it in a pan at night, and it'll turn to butter the next day. I tell you that, that's how rich it is. It's fabulous. Well, that's the way I like it. Yeah, but, but it's it's <laughs> not real sure milk. it's good for me, but <laughs> I like it. But it, it, if you get a chance, to try it. It's terrific. So we buy every, try to buy everything local, and we shop local. So you know, we 
money that we generate, we try to keep it spent here in this area. So it helps the economy overall. Absolutely. So going forward, I mean, you know, y'all survived 45 years. What do you think the future looks like? Well, it's, you know, I'm, I'm building one restaurant right now uh, in White Knoll, in Lexington. I'm going to retire. Hopefully my son Robert is going to take over and have my son Matthew. You heard that, didn't you, Barbara? Did you hear that? I heard it live here on the air. He's actually going to retire. I don't believe it, but we'll see it if well, it happens. I'll keep my nose poking. <laughs> but, but anyway, so we've got some things going. We're working with a group right now about maybe doing a hospitality school here. And I'd like to stay involved with that and get that off the uh, get it off the I think it would be incredible for people to have a program that truly, you know, I know the high school has tried a program and I know Lexington's doing some stuff, but there really isn't where you got the back of the house and the front of the house and one place where people can learn to cross over and in the, the future, you can make a great living in the restaurant business. It's not for everybody, but either is every other career. Right. So you look at that, but we're always going to need folks in that industry and having people trained, and I mean, it allows you to come in with a layer up. You Absolutely. Know? And hopefully, you know, if they do come through this, these courses, that they'll be able to make more money and they'll be a better employee. That's, that's the main thing. Somebody really, when, when these young kids are telling us they want to come into our industry, we need to embrace them and bring them in and give them more education. So Mentor them. We've got it. some good people. There's a meeting earlier this week with some key people here in town, and looks like, Things are moving along pretty good. So Midlands Tech's involved. That's great. And um, Well, I'll be honest with you. The other, the other part to it is is that cooking has become kind of a lost art. Uh, we're seeing it in, believe it or not, in trying to get people fresh fruits and vegetables to cook at home as well. Right. Um, a lot of people don't know how to cook it. Right. They don't know what to do. They don't. You bring somebody a rutabaga today, they, they think you brought them a rock. <laughs> You have no idea what you do with these root vegetables yeah. and things. And, you know, we got to learn to eat a little bit seasonal too, you know. Uh, I think supply and demand, as you see, is getting harder and harder, and we're having to rely on stuff. I think people are trying to go back a little bit to, like, you, like you're doing, self-reliance on trying to take advantage of what's here instead of waiting for it to come across the country. Well, you know, I think during COVID, people did start cooking at home again was good i mean we certainly got tired of it but we 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 cooked we planned meals like people used to plan meals and cook but you know there's a lot of things like the bull street area they're gonna have i don't know how many restaurants there we've got to get employees ready for them you know what i mean they're going they're building beautiful restaurants we've got to have employees well we i think our industry is going to grow i think it's going to grow because we get 15 million visitors a year we only get five million that spend the night but as we get the the river more opened up and we get more people coming here we're going to see a demand for more restaurants entertainment and other things people are going to spend more time here they're going to venture out so instead of coming for a day and eating at two places they're going to stay for two or three days and eat at 12 places right and we got to be ready for that and to embrace it because look this the service part you got to have good food you got to have good service Sometimes you can get away with, with one or the other, but in today... Not for long. Not for long. Not for long. People are too critical. They, they expect, they demand service nowadays. So, uh, And, 
you know, I think uh, um, people visiting other cities and seeing what's going on with their restaurants when they come back here, they expect more. But let me tell you, we've got terrific restaurants here. I, I tell people a lot of times when Barb and I go to uh, Charleston for dinner or a meeting or something, you know, you leave all your problems in Columbia when you go out of town, you know what I mean? But when you go to dinner here, you kind of drag your problems with them, with you. So a lot of times the restaurants here are just as good. Oh, I think but, we're getting a pretty good reputation. We are. We are. We're doing Got people who are interested there. It's, we've had some inquiries from some groups in Charleston looking at Columbia because they see it. You know, they jumped this and went to Greenville and some other places. Right. But now they're going, hey, I missed a market here. Right. People in Columbia embrace restaurants. They want to go out. They want to be part of it. I think every time we can expose people to every element that we have. I think the success of halls downtown has really shown people about Columbia. I mean, you know, that was, that was a great location, but the previous restaurant there did not do well. And, you know, they're doing terrific. I mean, they do a you great know, job. Hall, halls, I think, has made a reputation based on service. Um, and I think that's what people look at it as a service. But, you know... For me, the excitement is to walk down Main Street on a Tuesday Absolutely. night and you see Bourbon's packed, Halls is packed, Main, uh, Market on Main. Then you go down further, you got, you know, the Middleton's uh, melage of stuff down there, all people coming in and out. Hendrix. And Hendrix. You know, you just see Ambrosia. it. Ambrosia. Yeah. I mean, it's even going to the next block now. It is, and I think that's incredible. Um, uh, Ambrosia, I think, is going to start doing brunch here before long. Um People are looking for that. They're yeah. they're embracing it. But I tell you, I went to a restaurant. I can tell. You, I went to Cola's uh, last week to eat with uh, my girls were in town. I didn't know one person in there, not one person. And it was so cool because I'm like, this tells you that people are coming into town. Right, right. You know, it's not the same people you see everywhere. It's yeah. there are people are in here experienced. I mean, I didn't recognize anybody, but the restaurant was packed. The food was great. You know, it was, yeah. you know, every once in a while you got to have that crispy flounder to remind you Absolutely. of the old Garibaldi's oh, yeah. days. But. The best. Stephen just retired up in Newberry. Stephen Dutton. Stephen? Yeah. He was the one who, I guess, started, started. that crispy flounder. Yeah. Barb and I, in January, went up and had dinner with him. Of course, had crispy flounder, but uh, he just retired. He was a great guy. He was a big part of the five point scene. Oh, man. Yeah. Garibaldi's. You know, was even such a Barb and I are amazed. A lot of times we go places and don't know anybody, which is just kind of unheard of. That's kind of nice. <laughs> well, it, 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 it is, it is, but there's a lot of new people moving here. So, you know, we... We hope so. we got to build up our population. We lost a, a tremendous over the last decade. we got to build it back up. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to expose and market and do the things to showcase who we are. Columbia is an incredible city. And, you know, people say, well, why do y'all talk about Greenville and Charleston? I said... Because I want you to want what they want, which is for us to be better. Right. The people in Greenville wanted to be better, and they've done it. They've I mean, done a great job. And I think we can. We've got three entertainment areas that are spurring and getting growth back. We're getting people downtown. we got a great new president at the university, great new president over it. Well, she's been there five years at, at Benedict that are, are, are getting the kids to embrace Columbia. Very important. It's mm -hmm. important for all of us. But, you know, as we continue to move forward and we see it, you know, Lizard Thicket, you know, got 45 more years in it, uh, I hope. That would be nice. That would be nice. But, uh, yeah, I think so. I think as long as, you know, we, we keep our values, what, what, what we 
think is, is the way to treat people. You know what I mean? That was really important to my mother. I don't know if you ever get a chance. Chick-fil-A has a video out, and, and it's about everybody has a story. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to see that video. It is absolutely incredible. Everybody that comes in our restaurant, any restaurant, has a story, whether they, they just had a child or they just buried their mother or something, but it's something that to make us all feel to listen to people and take time to understand people. Uh, I'm going to have to call Chick-fil-A. They owe us, you know, we've been preaching for about 14 months that we got to tell our story in Columbia because we have so many of them, and every door has got a story, so they yeah. clearly took our idea. Uh, yeah. That might be a copyright well, infringement. Well, it's, we it's, it's a, a great, you got to watch it. It's a great video. We were just, uh, what were we voted? Uh, top five, five, top five restaurants in the state? Southern Living just did a poll. And we just, in South Carolina, we were top five. Well, congratulations. With, well, which is pretty good because we got 13 locations. You know what yeah. I mean? No, Everybody else was just a single unit. But we got top five restaurants in um, South Carolina, which was not, I mean, you know, we, Southern Living really loves Charleston. You know that. I mean, I they're so the invested way. down there. But there's nothing outside of Charleston. But for us to get an award like that, I thought was it was a great. I'm glad they're looking around. You know, we've been harassing some of those uh, magazines and so forth about, hey, you know, spend a little time in Columbia. You'd be yeah. surprised. And it's interesting when people come here and they get a little taste. They can have a taste of any type of food, but they also can have a taste of all types of experiences. I mean, people who have been down here, I've got some friends' kids coming here next year, and they were here for a weekend, and they went to Soda City, and they're like, this is the greatest it's, thing it's ever. It's the best. I don't like, well, we have it every week. It's the best, you I'll know? tell you. I, I mean, I, what it's done for downtown, uh, besides people investing in downtown, that's really brought, I thought, I don't, is Emil still involved in that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That was so his this vision. weekend we're doing, we're doing one. I rented a block. Um, to allow all the college kids who had that side hustles, what they call their little businesses they have, for them to have a showcase place so it's connected to Soda City, Terrific. but they got their own block. Just trying to get them more engaged in our community yeah. so they'll think about staying here. I mean, we get 60,000 college students yeah. and another 50,000 high school kids, right. all who have an opportunity to start a life here, so why aren't we put, putting our best foot forward right. for all of them? Yeah. So Could be your future terrific. managers. We need them. We need them. You know, because I know Matt and Robert, they're probably ready to retire already. <laughs> Robert's got a four-year-old. He's not ready to retire. <laughs> <laughs> five-year-old, excuse me, he just turned five. five. So anyway, but he's, Robert's 46. He's got a five-year-old, so he's, he's running, really? he's uh, running he's pretty hard. He's a late hard. bloomer. It's all he right. is. He's running pretty hard. Matthew is too. Matthew's got three children, so he's right in the middle of uh, softball and soccer and baseball. So, and yeah, and your your other son's in the insurance business, he's right? He's in New Orleans. New Orleans. He married that's a right. girl from New Orleans, and she's never leaving. So, and that's okay. Her family's it's a great place to visit. Is her family's awesome, and you know we we can't wait to get down there and see him. So, Chris comes here in the summers and stays for a month or two. So he's able to do that. In his that keeps his mama happy. Well, that's the most important part, right? Absolutely. If Miss Barbara's not happy, nobody's happy. Nobody's happy. That's right. <laughs> you know, Barbara worked in the restaurant. I mean, we had how many children? Three, four, and she worked a shift, and I worked a shift. I mean, 
she used to make the hamburger steaks, take the money, make the salads, and cook the hamburger steaks. That was her job. And then I'd, uh, I fixed the plates. Huh? First location. And then that's the location that she and I were there working. It caught on fire while she was cooking the hamburger steaks. The place caught on fire and burned down. And we, I, had, I told her to take the cash register outside. So she took the cash register drawer outside, and people had their plates. They were in the parking lot. Just still eating. And she was collecting. <laughs> she would go up and look and say, now you ate most of that. You need to pay me. So that, that restaurant burned to the ground. And she collected money from those people. And then we still see the It's still family the, business. Those, 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 pamph- those people, we still see them. So I was there the night the place burned yeah, down. So, and they paid. She asked them, did you pay? He said, I paid. So, <laughs> so we, we've done a lot. In the, you know, she, she was raised in a restaurant family. So it, this was a natural area. Well, it, take, it takes special people. And, and best restaurants are always have families' hands in it all the way. And people love that. They love to see the generational there. And I think the way your family has spiderwebbed into these other uh, things, I think people love to see that. It gets them excited. Yeah, and they're good. They're smart. I mean, they're, they're smart, good guys. I mean, they're really – and they hustle, you know. Uh, you can't – you're born with that. You know what I mean? You just don't teach that. And they're hustling. Well, that's, that's what happens when you have got to go work every summer. Yeah. That's you right. know? <laughs> well, that was our rule. Our kids either participated in student government, sports, or worked. One of the three, but you – had to do something and they worked all summer oh so. yeah man i worked it before i was even legal to work yeah that was part of it i mean that's the way we grew up and um i always appreciate it because i always had some coin in my pocket well but we also understood that you know long days a long day that's the way it is yeah and when they needed extra money at college we said you know what get a job in a restaurant and come they on they did they did no problem so and they're spending more time at the restaurant than they did at college but they did graduate so so you got a new store opening when october november it takes a long time today we used to build them in 140 days now it's 270 days to build a restaurant wow wow and it's expensive but it's uh, that area is really growing it's crazy and uh we feel like we've got a great location our Latest ones, the newest design with the drive-throughs, and uh, they just do terrific in business, and they're comfortable. And it's amazing. Chick-fil-A and everybody have taught everybody that drive-throughs okay. I'm amazed at how many people line up. Elmwood, I was there the other morning. They am wrapped around the building at breakfast. I'm yeah. like, I, I like to sit down. You know, yeah. my breakfast. But people are programmed today to grab it and go to wherever they're headed. It's amazing. Well, if you ever get time, not busy, and you want to work a drive through window and look in the back seat of people's cars, they're loaded with dirty containers from restaurants. The whole back seat will be full. They just eat in their car. They drive and they eat. They just throw it in the back, man. I'm telling you, it's, it's something. But, you know, our drive throughs during COVID, we were so busy. It was absolutely Chick-fil-A, they don't need to open up these uh, uh, play centers anymore. They've got everybody trained now. Uh, there's no doubt. I, I can't imagine where they kept the food. They, they were so much so busy during COVID. Where they keep the money. It's just incredible how much 
how much but the deliveries that they've gone into and everything else um i remember the first time i, I worked the bojangles window um that was a learning experience i'll put it that way barbara did the window at elmwood but didn't she like strike up conversations with everybody and so we couldn't keep the line moving. She wanted to she know about fired. all the kids. Well, she got fired. No, 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 no. She was the boss. But she knew everybody's kids, and you know what I mean. So we had finally had to say, you got to move the line, honey. we got to go. So, Well, everybody, um, if you haven't been to Lizard Sicket in a while or you want to go by, go by and celebrate with the Williams family. 45 years here in our community. They've contributed tremendously got the next generation that is filtering in slowly but surely taking over even though Bobby says he's going to retire we all know he's not going to but you'll always see their families in the stores taking care of business and I hope you'll you'll continue to support Lizard Sicket so they can be around another 45 years um, and, and really because they've embraced our community and as you know we we truly believe here at the city of Columbia supporting our small businesses helps them grow here stay here and give back here and the williams are a testimony to that so bobby thanks for being here congratulations on being top five restaurant from southern living 45 years here only burned one restaurant so i guess that's a good <laughs> sign um but you know uh, i hope that you sell uh, a little bit more than six hundred sixty thousand pounds of uh, so chicken next year but uh Love every bit of it. Uh, there's nothing better than meet and three. So, folks, if you hadn't been there for a meet and three in a while, go by. And you know this is the South, so mashed potatoes and macaroni and cheese count as vegetables. So you can't get the vegetable plate without shying away from the good stuff. And don't forget, country cooking makes you good looking. I need to I eat a lot you know, more. I know, I can't, <laughs> you know I can't pull that one off. They say I have a face for radio, but anyway. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. It's another episode of Around the Town. Thank you, Danny.